if you haven't been noticing, uh, we are actually going through a series in the past few weeks, and it's a series related to the 50th anniversary. So last time we talked about the idea of uh, what is blessedness and how to bless others. And, um, and after that, we talked about the idea of love. How do we love? Because we are first loved by God. And so today we'll actually be right in the middle uh, in our series. And it's on the idea of embrace. But before that, I just want to share a little story with you. So this is um, kind of related to how we get this uh, title of the message for, for today. So uh, a, a couple of weeks, or last week, we were doing a summer trip at the Seattle First Nations commu- community, and I had the per- privilege, uh, I'll say privilege, to, to serve with the kitchen crew. And if you don't know, I am... Um, I have standards when I cook, and so it, it was a little challenging, to say the least, with, with the team. They're, they're great. I'm just saying they're great. But then it's not the fact that their cooking skills or the issues. It's really just working as a team where everyone has very different personalities, and that reflects in the way they cook. There is one who is really meticulous and have everything laid out in a, in, in a spreadsheet, how to do everything each day, and then how to make sure everything is in order, and have everything in the fridge kind of set and ready to go, like knowing where, where things will be. And of course, you have the opposite. There, there's someone like an artist, and uh, he, okay, did I say he, you know, like, um, this person's very in, improv in the way he, he cooks, and, and, and sometimes you, you get a little wondering, like, why he does what he does, and so, and so sometimes the team would go like, Evan, what are you doing? Wait, 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 no, so please we delete that from the recording. So, 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 it was kind of interesting, like, the team try out different things, and as crazy as the extremes of the personality is we learn to forbear forbear each other. We 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 take each other's strengths and magnify it and we try to cover for each other's weaknesses. Like like for those who are very um very O C D will 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 have people try to help them sort out everything and work alongside and, and do all the prep work for them. And for those who are very um liberal in the way they cook we we have people help them to to you know how when artists paint right like they're really freely and things are all over the place so we have someone helping them kind of sort out all the tidy everything afterwards so so we learn to work with each other and it's kind of related to the topic we're talking about today on the idea of forgiveness but first in the passage we are looking at Colossians. Paul also reminded us to forbear with our brothers as well. So, forbear and forgive are actually two similar yet slightly different terms. So, forbearing, it's similar to the idea of tolerating. Kind of like when we say, I bear with you, and I, I, I would like let you be, kind of a way. But of course, forbearance is only so much. 
where you don't really actively do something. It's more a passive kind of attitude that you let them be and you don't speak up, you don't intervene, you don't really um, amend any of the situations. And if there's conflict, you just let it have rest. Kind of the, the Chinese way where we sweep everything under the rug and like, okay, no trouble means good. And like, no conflict is harmony, right? But of course, Paul is trying to remind us that Christian community is more than just forbearing each other. A Christian community is more than just forbearing each other. And so to get a little background as to the very verse that we'll be studying today. So in chapter 3, this is when Paul was speaking to the Colossians um, after explaining about this hope and reality of the resurrection. And so he tells the community that now that you know this, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Put to death your earthly nature and then put on the new self. So, there is a responsibility. There is a sense of response that now that we are experiencing this new resurrection and new life, how we live out ourselves and with one another has to be done in a way that reflects on the glory and power of the resurrection. And so, he goes on and said, Therefore, as us God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, cloth yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has grievances against someone. And perhaps, this is one of the greatest challenges that we have as Christians. When we talk about a lot of times, like, love God, well, that's not very, well, it's hard, but it's not as hard as it seems because God is great and He loves us. So, of course, we want to respond to that love. Or love those who love us. Of course, this is not that hard because we feel love, so we naturally want to reciprocate and love them back. But it is when we want to forgive and love those who offended us, those who did wrong to us, those who made us feel hurt, those who belittled us, those who tarnishes our identity, then the, the command becomes exponentially harder. How easy can it be when you go into a world where you know that a lot of your trauma is created by some of the people that have caused it and you are trying to say it's no longer the fault. How easy can it be when you go into this world and you experience injustice and you say that you will forget to have done these injustices onto you. And then Paul would then respond and say that as Christians, we have to forgive just as 
the Lord forgave you. Forget as the Lord forgave you. And sometimes we just overlook that, the whole idea of forgiveness. We think of the grace of Jesus and that he died for us and cleansed our sins. We remember the idea of the Holy Spirit filling us with wisdom, kindness, gentleness, and all the fruits so that we can do good in this world. We remember the Father coming to us, created us, and always being steadfast, willing to continue to be with us in good times and bad times. But a lot of times we forget this very thing, this very turning point, that in order for everything to happen, God made that initiative to forgive us first. God made that initiative to forgive us first. And to understand what exactly Paul is saying on forgiveness, we need to go back to what this word really means in the context. There are many, up to I think five different options as, um, in, the, uh, in the Greek language on the word to forgive. But he specifically chose this very word for this passage. And the word is charizomai. It's not charizomai, it's charizomai. So, it's not Pokemon, it's, um, it's a Greek word. So, the word comes from the root word charis. comes from the root word charis. And charis, if you don't know what your name means, it means grace in Greek. So, charisomai is the verb to extend grace to somebody. And so, it's grace in action. So, so to put that together, then, charisomai, or forgiveness, is to freely give someone what they do not deserve, or at least didn't earn in the first place. And it's also a restoration of relations with the party of guilt. So the ones who are being offended, the ones who are hurt, would extend grace to the ones who offended them. And part of this is like an analogy when someone slaps you on the wrist and you feel pain. And so naturally, you have to attribute the pain to something. So our reaction would say, okay, I'm feeling pain because you slapped me. And it's all your fault that I'm feeling this pain. But when you forgive that person, it means that when you are experiencing this pain, you no longer attribute that pain to their fault. You will now take care of that pain yourself. It's something that you'll manage. And so in that respect, it's kind of like our relationship with God, right? When we made that decision to rebel, to rebel against God at the very beginning, something was torn in creation and God was offended and hurt as a result. But when God chose to forgive us and, and embark on this great salvation plan, then God decided that he will take on that pain himself. 
he voluntarily took on this pain. And as you can imagine what that means when he became a human being in flesh form. But why is this so hard? Why can't we extend grace to people? Why is it so difficult when we know this concept that to live it out is so so unlike us, is so unnatural to us? And I think this is part of the result when we are imperfect in our relationship. And as a result, there is this mentality of us versus them. There's this mentality that it's their fault, like it's their problem. And I'm the one who is the victim. And so they should be doing something, not me. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to wait for them to make things right. It's not my fault, right? And in a greater level, then you elevate it to communities, where communities blame each other and fields and conflicts happen because it's an us versus them. And if it's them, it's never together, then there's no willingness to forgive each other. And then you go to an even greater level, to the national and international level. That's how wars and conflicts started. It's because of that us and them mentality. That is because they are not us. We can exploit them. We can take out our frustrations or our hate, hatred, and our suffering onto another group of people for the sake of our own benefit. But Paul also reminded us right before the idea of extending forgiveness that because of the power of Christ and his resurrection, that here there are no longer Gentiles or Jews, circumcised or uncircumcised, or Barbarians, Scythians, slaves are free, but Christ is all, and is in all. That through Christ, everyone is one under his reign in this world. And so, Paul reminded us to bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive, as the Lord forgave you. But like I said, forgiveness, forbearing, all these, they're just the beginning of a process. There is a whole journey that you have to go through in order to get to where Christ has instructed us in the redemption of creation. That forbearing is only a step towards forgiveness. And forgiveness is only the portal until you can truly embrace that other person. And to embrace that person is just a process until you can reconcile with them altogether. And so when we, when we talk about the idea of embracing, it is done so in a way so that we can peace keep, that we're making peace with this world. According to this, the academics and psychology, to embrace something 
is a salutation display demonstrating that we wish someone well, or at the very least, that we wish them no harm. It transmits signal of friendliness or the absence of hostility towards the person. So as we go and embrace or hug somebody, it's a sign that we're truly open. With open arms, we're saying that we welcome them and we don't come with any threats or any reason to harm them. And so in order for us to further our work of forgiveness, we need to embrace that person who have truly offended us. Just as Jesus has embraced those who persecuted him at the time of Calvary. But of course, this is something that is kind of foreign to most of us. I was reading this article by a Chinese person, why Chinese have been slow to embrace hugging. And I'm sure a lot of you knows this, that Chinese people are pretty bad at hugging each other. There's something awkward when someone extends their arm, you stand there, you're like, Am I supposed to hug that person back? Like, what am I supposed to do? Or do I do the one arm thing? Or I just do like a, a, a fist bump or something? Like, I don't want to hug them. It's like awkward, right? So as I was reading this article, the author was um, going through this journey, telling us why the Chinese is really bad at hugging one another. And it has to do with all the way back to 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 the ancient times when the Confucian kind of teachings reminded us that there's this thing called um, courtesy that he teaches that people shouldn't be touching each other. Instead, emotions and kindness should be extended through words. So you look at the Chinese language, there's like a bajillion different words that you can use to express emotions, but they don't do it physically. Like, you rarely see someone hug each other. And even today, it's kind of like, for, for those who are more westernized, it might be a more common concept to them. But for people who are more conservative and traditional, hugging is something that is foreign to them. Especially if it involves someone who is not close to you. But that's what embraces. It's that idea of initiating, the idea that when you are willing to welcome that person, when you're willing to truly extend forgiveness to a person, you will be opening yourself in open arms and welcoming that person to join you into a relationship, to, to, to reignite this broken relationship in order to reconcile and restore it into the way that it should have been in perfection. And so, long story short, we are unconditionally forgiven to forgive without holding back. We are unconditionally forgiven to forgive without holding back. It's kind of like this concept that I shared about a year or two ago, where when pottery brick in Japan, they would make that effort to fix it. And sometimes when they fix this thing, it becomes even more beautiful than it originally is because 
this beautiful lecture actually enhances how something looks like. And sometimes it's kind of like our relationships with one another, that to some extent our relationships are imperfect and they're broken. But as we bring God into our relationship, as we embrace each other in forgiveness and compassion for each other, God will shine through these cracks that our relationship would become even more beautiful than it would have been originally. But that's not the goal, right? Embrace is only a means. The goal we're trying to get to is reconciliation. That forgiveness is only the beginning. Reconciliation is the true goal. And it's kind of like the idea of braising. When you braise something, you first sear the meat or the, the ingredients in the pot. And then when you, if you eat it right away, you realize it's still very, very um, chewy and it's not very tasty. There's not a lot of flavor. But it is when you keep brewing it in this braising liquid with other ingredients, when you keep churning and churning in this heat, that things will slowly break down and it becomes this very beautiful dish that you can enjoy and partake. And that's what the whole journey of reconciliation is like, that for, to, to forgive is just the step of initiating this journey of redemption of relationships. You start to go through the process of constant embracing each other and constant re-forgiving one another until you get to that point where you truly restore that relationship with one another. And so according to Pastor Chris Weatherly, forgiveness means that broken, sad, fragile objects have now been restored. That's a two-person job. Both parties have to agree to it. If both sides don't agree, then it's not possible. Now, even if you forgive and reconcile, that does not mean that the relationship will be restored back to its original form. But when you undergo and complete in your restoration, it will become something greater than it originally was. Forgiveness does not mean trust. While forgiveness is a past issue and reconciliation is a present dilemma, trust is a future problem. How are you going to behave in the future? And I think that's where we draw back to our Christian faith, that in order to go through this process of building trust, we need to first trust that we are first forgiven by God. And so, as we go, continue on with a few more songs of worship, I'd like to invite you to reflect on this idea of embracing one another. What does it mean to forgive those who have trespassed against you? What does it mean if you currently don't quite feel the forgiveness that God has already freely given you. A cross right now is set up at the front, and if you feel comfortable, feel free to come and take one of these pulses 
from the cross. The forgiveness of Christ is freely available, given to us through the work of Jesus on the cross. And if you feel there's someone that you find really hard to forgive and to embrace, I would also like to invite you to come up and take one of these pulpits that through the symbol of Christ first forgiving you, you can take on that power to embrace those who have offended and hurt you. And feel free too to physically take this pulpit and embrace it into into your arms. Like there's something special about the physical act, even just of embracing on an idea or concept.